Welcome to the Learning About Dogs podcast with Kay Lawrence and Frances McCormack and introducing her new collie puppy, Nika. This series is going to be focusing on all those questions that arise when you try and survive that first year with a new puppy. Good morning. So we are actually here again talking about dear Nika and how Frances is surviving her early days. <laughs> because on. you start yeah you know you start with this puppy and you think oh this is just gonna be so lovely they're just so great and then you start to think oh, gosh this is not what i was expecting no <laughs> i wasn't <laughs> expecting a trip to the pharmacy this week so a trip to eight pharmacies <laughs> that was for <laughs> you not for her yes that was for me absolutely she she's yes. an enthusiastic puppy with sharp nails <laughs> it, I suppose it can work both ways you know in the sense that what you expected is more than what you expected or less than what you expected yeah. yes you know that whole yeah oh, you know it's not you know in, in a way if we get disappointed of what we've got we've only ourselves to blame because we set up a higher expectation than what was the dog actually was yeah oh, oh I thought sure. you to do this and I thought you know yeah, yeah. It's so unfair to them to to bring your preconceptions of who they're going to be. I think there's no way anybody can can match up to that, and you end up wanting to change the dog, which is just yeah, yeah. It's yeah, unfair yeah. and impractical. Yeah, I think it's a bit like having um, an event that you've been really looking forward to, and it turns out to be disappointing. Well, then, mm-hmm. you know, to use a current phrase, well, that's on you, you know, because you were building it to be something that it wasn't possibly going to offer anyway absolutely you know oh, i'm going to really enjoy this concert or i really enjoy this book and then you get disappointed because you've almost overrated it before you actually got to, to see what it was yeah. right okay so what i'd like to talk about today is one of the issues that hits a lot of the people when they are in puppy class is the confidence and um confidence to be able to be to be able to say no to a stranger that wants to touch a dog or no to a family member that wants to play with the dog and wind them up yeah or be able to realize that your puppy is not for you know the the pleasure of other strangers to be able to do stuff with it and you need to have the confidence to stand by what is best for your puppy because your contract is with this puppy not with a passing stranger so, you know, learning to, you know, what I often get back is, you know, I have no problem being rude to strangers. I don't know you. No, you can't touch my puppy. No more than you can touch my car. <laughs> Go away. Um, my puppy's not here for you to fondle and, and have a bit of pleasure on. But to some people, I understand it's extremely hard to be able to be rude to strangers because we've been brought up to be polite. Mm-hmm. So how do you cope with this? No. Go away. I've had a bit of practice because Nika is the the third dog where I have practiced this particular thing. Avine was a, a shy dog. She didn't like strangers. And I found that if somebody asked and I said no, they would still persist. And that was really unpleasant thing for me. No, she's saying no, I'm sorry. And so my politeness wasn't enough of a... Um, wasn't giving enough of a message. Tiernan, not particularly 
you know, indifferent to strangers, doesn't really want to get to know them. Somebody tries to touch him, he'd, he'd be perplexed about that if, if he has no acquaintance with them. So I learned very quickly with him that I was just going to say it as it was. He doesn't want to be touched. Not mm-hmm. make any apologies for it. Not give any reasons. Just, just a, a no. With Nika, it's slightly different because she's a puppy. The one thing that I hadn't planned for was that people would touch her without even asking me. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I was very surprised by that. So with Tiernan, they, they'd often say, can I say hello to your puppy? No, he doesn't really want to say hello to people. Fine. People generally get that. But with Nika, there was, and I planned, I rehearsed the, no, sorry. But hmm. people were just reaching in towards me and trying mm-hmm. to touch her. And the first time that happened, I was really shocked. Um, just determined I wasn't going to take her to a place where that was likely to happen in future. And then uh, learned to block her with my body. So I was practicing that while she was up in my arms, just the, the shoulder block yeah, um, yeah, for people yeah. coming in. But I, I understand people's reluctance to be, as they perceive it, rude. But if you think if somebody's coming towards you with both hands and they're looking like they're going to grab you, you probably would have that defensive reaction of of either blocking them with your hands or saying no. Mm-hmm. And why should it be any different from my dog? Yeah, and I think um, also there's you know we have to look at it the other way. There's an attraction. Certain puppies are are pretty and mm-hmm. making eye contact with strangers, which. I suppose at the sort of subconscious level, people are going, oh, there, I must go in, because they've got the invitation straight from the dog. And often because they're focused on the puppy, even if it's in your arms or on the floor, they're not seeing your body language. So you physically yeah. often have to step between them and the dog and go, hey, what are you doing? You know, hey, 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 stop. Yeah. Um, I, I do, <laughs> did a bit of a social experiment. I had a, a male Gordon Setter puppy that looked much like Pluto. I think he was about 12, 13 weeks, and we were at a an event of one sort, I could walk him around and I could have absolutely no issue with anybody coming anywhere near me. And then one of the girls that was training with us that was young, long, blonde hair, tall, my God, she was like, (laughs) this puppy was like a magnet for people to come over and say hello. So there is some degree of, do you look like you're inviting the contact as well? Or do you look like you're going through town trying to mind your own business? You know, not so much what you look like, but are you also doing that openness with your body language that Mm. is using your puppy as a social, you know, invite? And I had to to work with her and I go, I said, you're asking these people to come in. I said, no, I'm not. She said, yes, you're looking at them and looking at your puppy and looking at them and looking at your puppy like, hey, look what I've got. Look at this. You know, and it was this openness of her invitation that just sucked people in to say hello to him. And he was like, oh, oh, hello. People want to say hello to me. That's new. You know, so the way we behave with the puppy, you can either shut people out, which does sound rude, but I think, I mean, to me, there's, there's no question about it. Your contract is with your dog. Mm. Mm. And you have to sum up a situation. Um, I certainly, you know, had Merrick as a puppy at about 16 weeks, supermarket car park. I like places where people are naturally busy and it's not appropriate for them to want to go and cuddle puppies. Yeah. You know, either a railway station commuter time you know they're going to and from work i don't want a puppy jumping on me it's Mm. just people passing by and that's what we want we want that puppy to learn that people pass by 
but you know hang outside a shop that's in a sort of a touristy type of area and people are going to go are strolling you know and it makes such a difference to um, the way people behave as whether they're on free time or whether they are heading to a very specific event and you're just they're just passing through yeah, yeah. And the environment, in fact, in which I had three people standing over me reaching for her was a pet shop. I was having her fitted for a harness oh, yeah, yeah, for the car. So in that environment, people are already primed. You know, they see themselves as animal lovers and, oh, here's an animal and she, she looks friendly. And of course, she loves the, the novelty that other people afford. She likes to get to explore them, to smell them, to taste them, you know, to, to take them in with all of her senses. She's yes, really, yes, yes. really motivated by that, really finds that really rewarding. So they they see that as friendliness. And I think that they see that as kind of affirming. People see that as kind of affirming in some ways, but I think it works the other way as well, in that people who have puppies see it as um a kind of a i don't want to say status symbol but i think that there's that element of the attention that that the puppy brings can be quite reinforcing for other people oh yes 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 and often you know we have to look back at why have you got this dog oh well because i i, I want to go out and meet people okay fair yeah. enough well let's talk about that separately but you know that the pet shop is probably the worst place to take your puppy for socialization yes. because um i don't know about what it's like in Ireland but over here we have these pet shop supermarkets and they have become the go-to place for young children to treat it like a zoo so they have guinea pigs and hamsters and all sorts of things and rabbits they can peer out through glass so it's like an afternoon to take children to an entertainment spot so if they see a puppy oh yeah. yes we are in definite trouble there you're inviting yeah. them to be part of the petting zoo mm. so not a good spot um no i mean i used to live in our main local town was a big tourist town and during tourist season if you tried to do what I call purposeful shopping I've got to go here here and here heaven help you because everybody else was there to, to lose time mm -hmm. so they were on a stroll and they yes. were just just going up and down four abreast on the street having a look as they're walking and chatting you couldn't get past them you know the worst <laughs> place possible to take a puppy because these people would just go oh Let's go and have a look at that. Ooh, let's, you know, they were in a mind frame where they wanted to find things to go and have a look at and interact with. So, you know, look for places where there are people that have no interest in dogs and they're on a journey to go somewhere. And now is not the right time to talk to your dog, you know, and then they, yes. can, they can get out. And that is becoming familiar with strangers around them that are of no particular interest. Yeah, yes. no particular interest. Yeah. So learning to, you know, stand by your dog, um, and, and again, it has to be a physical intervention. You know, if they're homing in on your puppy, and I've seen people cross the street. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we had this took um, one of the Gordon setters when we could first travel to Europe, um, over to Belgium, and <laughs> we were um, we arrived at some ridiculous hour, like seven in the morning. And this conference didn't start till that evening. So we were walking around Bruges with the Gordon Setter and it was all very nice. But it's a very old medieval town and the, the pavements mm -hmm. are only like one or two people wide. And this woman came tearing across the road, arms in the air, in some foreign language, just making the most enormous, you know, row, came mm -hmm. straight at the Gordon Setter and Arnold. 
And obviously she had had Gordon setters in the past. And he just thought, oh, lovely. Her hands were in the air, as <laughs> French people do. He jumped up, feet on her shoulders, and oh she grabbed goodness. him by the collar on either side. At this point, we were going, oh, no, 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 no. And just smooched him. Oh, my <laughs> He just hung there like, oh, my God, I, I didn't expect that. Wow. He didn't jump up the whole rest of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we, we eventually worked out, you know, we had somebody help us with a bit of translation, but she had lost her Gordon Setter uh, that she dearly loved a while back. And for her, that was just just something she couldn't resist. And she was so tearful and so emotional about it. And, Aww. you know, so there are, it's not unlike a hard and fast rule. It's not a never, but mm-hmm. it has to be for the benefit of the dog. And if he wasn't, um, you know, happy with that sort of interaction. Uh, they're going to have to get used to it in England. Nobody's going to kiss your dog in England. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we, we had a, another um, a person that came to class who used to go for her walk past um, some cottages in her village. And this guy used to come out and want to give her puppy a biscuit. Right. Yeah, I show he's such a nuisance and I don't know how to say no to him. He obviously... And I said, well, you know, what's the situation here? Oh, apparently he used to be a shepherd. He was retired. He didn't have a dog anymore and saw she had a border collie and just wanted to be able to connect with the dog. And he'd wait to see her coming past and come out with a biscuit. And I said, I tell you what, why don't you just go in and have a cup of tea with him on, you know, a couple of times a week and see how that goes. Mm. And that's, that's how it started with me. And it was like, you know, what could have been a, oh, just a nuisance turned out to be something that this person, you know, and in a way we, we sort of jealously guard, no, it's my dog, it's not yours, you can't have mm. at it. But there are situations when the sharing is good for the dog and it's good for the person, but yes. not just the, like a, a blind passing stranger coming in and have a fondle. And oh. I do use the word fondle deliberately because it, it does make people go, Ooh, yes, <laughs> you know, like people wanting to kiss your babies you know like ooh, no not these days thank you very much yeah. not that i've ever had that issue but ooh, no yeah but people think that if it's you were talking there about the benefit for the benefit of the dog people think that if the dog enjoys it or seems to enjoy it then it must be a good thing mm. and i don't think that they necessarily because the narrative is that a friendly dog is a good dog, right? And, and we have yeah, all of these yeah. ideas about what a friendly dog is, what a friendly dog should be. But I don't think people see the potential downside of a dog who wants to say hello to every single person that they meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're the nuisance of the future. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the people that have gone out for a nice Sunday afternoon walk and your dog has gone charging up to them, covered in mud and plastered them. Mm-hmm. You know, at what point do you then have to pay to have their clothing repaired? Or if they were walking their own dog, she might not have an interest in the dog, but she wants to jump on over the people. Mm-hmm. You know, no, it's, it's you know, that, that becomes the nuisance dog. Definitely becomes yeah. the nuisance dog. And people are often thinking of the, the 15 seconds for now, not the 15 years for the future of that dog. Yes. Um, and there is, you know, post-COVID, we're now a little more... Um, savvy about this but the, the the chances of your dog being stolen are high in certain areas in certain towns and having a friendly dog that goes up to strangers would, would give me the heebie-jeebies it really would you know no no yes. you're staying on a lead especially some of these small pedigree dogs poof gone mm. out of sight for two minutes two seconds gone yeah. you know maybe not your local rottweiler but you know, it's like <laughs> oh no 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 we have to think about that um yeah so you know physically intervening 
usually if a person's coming in on full purpose dive, their eye level is down at dog. So even if you stand behind your dog and say no, you can say no until the cows come home, they won't hear you because they're looking at the invitation from the dog. Nice. And you do have to practice stepping across and physically putting your hand down in front of the puppy to break that mm -hmm. eye contact. Yes, and saying no. Okay. Now we can have a conversation. And, you know, if they're certainly being prepared for this and be able to put the puppy into park so you can stand on the lead, not to yank them down in any sense, but to okay. stop them jumping up if they're an excitable dog yes. as well while you are dealing and having a conversation with this person, then that would help. Yes. yes, I'll be able to do yeah. the park. Otherwise, you've got to hold your puppy back and step forward at the same time, and it gets a bit complicated. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's it. And visitors as well. So how you know? I know um, visitors, or you see, this is where when we're teaching classes, so people would come to our puppy classes, and I would rarely take a biscuit and a treat and say hello to the puppy and make it sit nicely for me. Never, mm. never, never, never. Because in this environment, I want your puppy to regard me as somebody of no value. Yes. But probably 99% of people that take puppy class want to touch the puppies, want to say hello, want to mm -hmm. show the owner that they like their dog and want to show the owner how an appropriate greeting should be done. And, right. you know, so again, this is for... For the agenda of the person taking the class, should they say hello to the dogs coming in? From my point of view, from the benefit of the dog, no. Okay. Yeah, this is an opportunity for that person to learn how to practice saying no to strangers. So, so I used to get a friend to come over and be the obnoxious stranger that wants to come and say hello to your little doggy. Oh, isn't he gorgeous? <laughs> Can I come and say hello? No. Oh, but I like dogs. Good for you. No. Thank you. <laughs> you know, and she would be very, very persistent and go, you know, this usual excuse, but I like dogs. Yes. Really, that, that gives you a right to come and say hello to them. Dogs like me. Good for you. No. <laughs> it's not a question of no, she doesn't want to, or no, you shouldn't, or no, she's this, or no, she's that. It's just no. Yes. But done in such a way that stops them. And then you can say, thank you very much. I am working on blah, 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 blah. You know, no, we should be able to protect our dog from well-meaning, careless, mm -hmm. often good-intentioned. Mm -hmm. But if somebody comes up to me and said, you know, I used to have Gordon Setters when I was a child. I would, I just love your dog and she's lovely. I might then say, would you like to say hello to her? Yeah. Yes. And if that is suitable for my dog, she can definitely say hello. Yeah. But just mind that cup of coffee and put that down because you won't have mm -hmm. to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so so be able to practice this. And if you, if you have a sort of friend that can come over and let you practice this, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. But then the, the contract also goes with family members. Mm -hmm. You know, this was a common thing where um, somebody would want to do something with the puppy, like play with it in a way that is not good for the puppy. In other words, get it over aroused or excited or run around with it or play a game that's just too risky for that puppy to be playing. And right. again, your contract is with that puppy. You have to say, no, she needs to go in the crate. No, she's not going to jump all over you right now. Mm. Yeah. And no, you're not going to give her food from the table. <laughs> <laughs> that ship may have sailed, Kay. <laughs> <laughs> what is she learning? 
no, it's, you know, when, when you think, okay, so what should I do in this situation? You've got to think, if I can't say I'm on your side to the dog, then who is on their side? Who's looking after their welfare for the rest of their lives? Who's looking after their future? You know, yes. because they don't know it. You know, and if somebody, you know, <laughs> it starts to get a bit um, uncomfortable here, but I'm sure we've talked about this before. There was a, a friend of the family that used to come around and used to give us money. <laughs> he used to give us a half crown. Yes, and as he did it, it would have a little bit of a hand stroke and clutch of the hand at oh, the same no. time. And I remember my father sort of intervening on this, and certainly they had a discussion of this in the car on the way home, <laughs> that, you know, we're not going to see Uncle again because... Mm. Uh, and I have no yeah. idea what's going on. I got half a crap, I didn't mind. You know, mm. Because they're protecting my future against something that I couldn't possibly know about. And just as equally, if you've got young children that want to race around with a puppy on a shiny floor you are protecting that puppy from something those children couldn't possibly realise is a risk. Yeah. Very much, yeah. I think so it's a, it's a real that. tension people feel, you know, about other people's feelings and their dogs, but I really like the way you phrased it, your contract is with your dog. And, and you yeah. can do all yeah. of the explaining afterwards and you can have the conversations and people will hopefully find a, a thought to take away you know it might it might result in in learning for both of the people in the discussion but at that moment it has to be the dog who comes first yes absolutely and well-meaning advice you know oh you should take her to classes oh you should do this with her mm. oh, you should do that with her you know these people that stand and tell you how you should live with your dog mm. yeah. yeah i'm sure you do <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, everyone's got advice as to how you should manage that dog. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, lovely. Well, hopefully we've given some people some ideas there, and uh, next time somebody comes up and wants to behave badly, no, the answer. Yeah, politely. Lovely. Well, thank you very much on that. Thank you for listening. We shall be following Nika's first year through the podcasts. If you would like to learn more, please have a wander around our website, learningaboutdogs.com. We have many, many articles and lots of courses uh, that you can explore. We also have Facebook pages, which is Kay Lawrence and Learning About Dogs. So if you have any questions on first year topics um, or anything else you'd like us to focus on, please use the Facebook pages and ask. See you next time.